Welcome to Archery Country Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Archery Country Podcast. This is your host, Wade, as we are sitting across in the studio, and we're going to be talking to one of the coolest cats in the business. I've known him for quite a few years, uh, in and out with different trades and different things. But today, as you can tell, we're talking to the owner and operator, Mr. Eric Griggs from Gas Bowstrings. How you doing, Eric? Good morning, Wade. I'm doing good. How are you? Very, very good, man. Very good. Been looking forward to this podcast for a while, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to be tuning in and turning this up a couple of volume notches. Because when we talk about strings, there is a difference from A and B and C, and we'll go through that a little bit. But before we get into what gas is and gas bowstrings, for those of you that are just tuning in, uh, gas is probably the fastest, if not the fastest growing. It's award-winning string co- custom string company. Um, but Eric, you've been in the industry of archery for a long, long time. And you've been not only a professional shooter, um, but you've been, you've been around archery f- forever. If you wouldn't mind, just, just give us a little insight of where you came from, uh, where the idea of gas came from, and take us down that road. Sure. Yeah, so archery is pretty much all I've ever done. Um, honestly, you know, other than, you know, a couple jobs, um, you know, maybe in high school or something like that, you know, archery is pretty much the, the only thing that I've ever really taken part in professionally um, from, you know, just working in the industry to, uh, you know, being a pro archer years ago. Um, you know, we my dad had, had shot archery, um, back in like the fifties and sixties. And, um, he had, you know, put it down for several years, but got involved again and, and, and got me involved when I was, um, like 12, I guess. And, uh, um, we just, uh, we really loved it. Um, took, took, a you know, a, a real liking to it. I played team sports as well, but there was just something about archery that just, uh, just the, the sport and bow hunting and, and everything. I mean, I just, I loved everything about it. So, we, uh, anything that we could do to, to, to get more self-sufficient and, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of, um, you know, pro shops around and stuff. So, you know, we tried to do some of our own bow work and, and then that evolved into, you know, building strings. And then I think one of my first summer jobs was, uh, was, you know, building some strings for, for some local, um, archery shops. Um, and that's kind of how all that started. So it, uh, it kind of evolved and then just, you know, shooting as a professional archer and, um, that opened a lot of doors for me, um, to, to work with a lot of great companies and, and work alongside some, some phenomenal, um, minds, um, that we've had in, in our sport. And, uh, that kind of evolved into just more, um, more opportunities. And, and then, you know, me working in industry from anything from, you know, working in a pro shop. Um, a very large and prestigious pro shop to, uh, to working for some of these, uh, these other archery manufacturers and, you know, ultimately all the way up to, you know, um, sales and marketing management, um, executive leadership. Um, I was the president of a, of a large manufacturer, um, of multiple brands for, you know, for a few years and, uh, had done some stuff there. Um, was involved in the operations side and then, you know, obviously in uh, product development, product design, and just a really 
you know, I've, I've been so fortunate to have a, a, a background, you know, working with a lot of different people over the years that, that gave me, you know, kind of a, a well-rounded archery, um, you know, business acumen um, to, to kind of understand the, the different, you know, aspects of that. So um, where strings was something that was really near and dear to me um, just from an early age, it was, uh, it, it kind of made sense um, to, to go down that path um, when I decided to go out on my own. So um, in 2017, um, I had parted ways with the, uh, my employer of, of, you know, the last decade, uh, basically. And, um, you know, like I said, had a, had a lot of background with, with bowstrings and, and, and that technology and, and did some stuff there. And we also had a lot of, uh, just because of the, the way businesses, you know, operate and, and there was a consolidation of a large business, which left, um, a, the people here that, that were in Kentucky where, where I'm at, um, there was a lot of trained string builders who didn't really necessarily have a place to practice their craft. Um, I was able to, uh, kind of tap into those resources as well when we started gas. So it was really, um, we were kind of able to, uh, to hit the ground running, so to speak, um, you know, from a training perspective and, and already having, uh, some, some people lined up and, and being able to do some good things there. So as a pretty, pretty cool story. And you and I had met, uh, in Vegas with your previous employer and we went, we went on from there. And then, uh, when you guys started gas here at archery country, you know, we have three pro shops under one, one banner, I guess you could say. And, uh, as gas was going and getting bigger and you'd hear about them and then people would, you could get them from other, other pro shops or you can even order them online and people were starting to bring gas into the pro shop. And, uh, you know, you worked at a pro shop, you understand when something new comes in, you're, you always question it as a bow technician. You're like, well, done it this way for so long. I'm used to this product, but in my eyes, being a target archer and every year there's something new, every year there's something that could make you, you know, that five or six at more X's or, or shoot a clean round or in the hunting world, you know, weather permitting, make my strings last longer, or I'm going to be accurate longer my bosun's going to stay in in tune and in time and in spec so when we seen the first set of gas strings you know we always question it like okay are these guys for real or not but they they are and there's we're going to get into the process of that one thing that we need to emphasize and eric you can help me out on this great history on where you came from on that but where when you when you guys started a string company a lot of people, uh, I wouldn't say over analyze. They don't overanalyze. They don't think about it enough. They take it for granted that, but strings are actually the life of the bow that if without a good set of strings or a set of strings, you're not going to have anything. So in right. your mind, like what's the importance of the string and the cables and the yokes and, and everything working together where, you know, when you started your, when you started gas, like what, where were you driving your importance and why, why did you start it that way? Sure. No. And that's a great, that's a great question. So, so bowstrings in general are probably one of the most underestimated, um, pieces of equipment that goes on the bow. Um, for a lot of people, they, they, they're an afterthought. Um, it's just something that holds the bow together. You, you know, you pull it back and, 
and that's what swings the arrow downrange. I mean, it's, it's that sim- simple to, to a lot of people. Um, people are amazed, um, and, and I'm, I'm kind of going sideways a little bit, that people who have, who have been able to, to, you know, come to our facility and see the process, um, they, they shake their head and they, in, in amazement. They're like, I had no idea there was that much that went into a bowstring. You know, I was just thinking that you just, you know, wrap some stuff around some posts, threw it together, and that that's what it was. So there is there is really a a big difference between a bowstring and a great bowstring. Um, there's a lot of science that goes into, you know, right down to the individual fiber technology and understanding the fibers and how they work and and everything else. And, and we could spend uh, honestly, Wade, we could spend hours talking about the, the technology of fibers and, and different things and how that's evolved and, and, and how we do what we do. But, you know, really it, the, the core of it without, you know, diving too deep in the, down the hole here is that, you know, the string is, is, is such an important part of the bow because it, it's really what, what holds everything together, but that's, it's, it's what, you know, propels the arrow. Um, but the difference between a, a well-made string and a, a not well-made string or, or, or string problematic is, is the difference in, in a complete user experience. Um, you know, the string's not going to, it's not going to wash and wax your car at the end of the day. You know, it's, it's the one thing that, that is important on the bow that you should never have to think about as, as an archer or a bow hunter. Um, if, if it does its job, the bow feels right. It stays in tune. It stays in time. You know, it maintains its speed. The peep does what it's supposed to do. You don't ever have to worry about it. And that's, that's really what the string, um, is supposed to do. Um, the reverse of that is, is a can of worms that, that most, I'm going to say most archers and bow hunters have probably, if you've been doing this long enough, you've probably experienced it. If you've had a set of strings on your bow that have not been good, um, you've experienced the frustrations that, that go with, you know, constantly having your peep just, just continuing to move or, you know, the bow's losing speed and, and, and now it's out of time, it's out of tune and, and you know, the, the, the plethora of problems that come with that, serving separation, all the different things that are challenging when your strings don't do what they're supposed to do. Um, and, and like I said, I think that's why a lot of people now, the, the path has been paved for, for companies like, like us to do what we do and other companies that, that also do a good job of that because the bows have evolved so much today, um, from where they were years ago. Um, you know, let's, let's go back 20 years and we had steel cables and, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, you know, uh, it just kind of, it really wasn't hard on the whole system, right? I mean, there wasn't a lot to go wrong. There, there's just now things we've got you know, we've got five piece systems, seven piece systems, you know, all synthetic yokes and, you know, little separators and pucks holding things together. And it's just, um, there's a lot going on. And, and I think that bowstring technology has allowed the engineers, uh, these great masterminds, um, behind, you know, some of the greatest, uh, you know, bow companies we have out there, it's allowed them to, to kind of push the envelope and go just a little bit further with what they've been able to do. Um, I think a lot of times and, and, and we're, I'm really fortunate. I get, uh, I get to see some of the behind the scenes stuff with, with some of the companies that, uh, 
um, will sometimes reach out to us when they're having some challenges with strings and some of their new designs and, you know, how to fix these things. And it's, it's pretty cool to, uh, to, to watch, you know, some of the, some of the stuff and how it evolves and, and, and where we are today with, with what they can do with designs. And a lot of that has to do with the ability to keep the system together with, with the strings. Um, you know, without that, I think we'd be, you know, if, if you think just if, if bowstring technology hadn't evolved to where it is today, we'd still be back to, you know, round wheels and teardrops. So, um, I think a lot of that is, uh, it, you know, bowstrings. I mean, it, it's, it's, it is yeah, a big deal. It is a big deal. And then the thing is when it's when we're talking to guys here in the pro shop, so they have no problem. The, the big thing in archery right now, as you know, is, the uh, phenomenon between foc and heavy arrow build and light arrow build and blah bitty blah bitty blah and then you have guys that are spending 350 455 600 on sites that are driver sites so we have to have a site tape that's based off feet per second or even a garmin you know that's everything has to be in spec and then when you have our target archers that are using archers advantage and peep to pin and peep to arrow and everything has to stay the same so where i'm getting at with this is if you get a brand new bow or if you have a used bow and you go through the process of your arrow build and you're, you're a fanatic, you have OCD and you're like getting everything nitpicked and you get it finalized. And we all know that feeling when you get a sight tape that's absolutely perfect. It doesn't mean Jack Diddley, if a month from now, after you've shot 1,700 arrows, your strings have stretched a quarter inch, your poundage is down, your peeps going three different ways, that's there. It all works as a system. And if you don't have the lifeline of the system, that's going to be the backbone is what we call it. Um, it doesn't matter if you have a brand new Matthews V three X or if you have a, you know, a 1999 bear, it, it doesn't matter if, if you don't have strings that are going to hold up all the other instruments that you put on, aren't going to, aren't going to do their job. Aren't going to be able to do their job. Does that make sense? Oh, it's 100% correct. No, you, you're right. If it doesn't, you know, your, your cable movement, it just, even a minute amount right there is going to, is going to change speed. It's going to change impact. It's going to change, um, the timing, the tune, you know, I mean, one, one cable on a, like you said, on a V3X, you know, just, just imagine one cable moving, you know, even a, even a 16th of an inch, Mm -hmm. um, of an inch. You know, all these things happen. The the, the bow, the, you know, loses the time, so it's going to lose the feel at the back end. You know, it, it changes the poundage. It changes the tune. It changes, you know, what that thing's doing. You know, anything you've done, whether it's, you know, paper tune and bear shaft tune and everything, it all just comes out. So, you know, the the entire system, the setup, everything is, is only as good as the, the strings and cables that you're putting on there. And and it's, it, it's hard because, you know, these, these aren't, you know, these aren't machine made. There's not a, there's not a tolerance, you know, so to speak, like when you're, when you're manufacturing something, you know, when you're machining aluminum or machining steel, you know, these are all man-made with, with synthetic fiber materials. So there's going to be, there's going to be some, some inconsistencies, you know, from, from, from top to bottom. So, and, and we'll get into this, you know, more later. I know you said you're going to ask about, you know, some of the things that we do, but you know, that really comes down to the manufacturing process and the QC and, and, and everything else that, that, that you have going on there. It makes that 
whole system become all the more important to, uh, to try to maintain that consistency. And, uh, it's just, uh, like I said, it's a very, very undervalued, uh, aspect that a lot of people, you know, don't give uh, enough attention to. Right. And as you, as you said, we're going to talk about the process. So for 97% of the listeners right now, and I want to repeat this for almost all of you that are listening right now, what you're going to do is come into a pro shop and bring your bow with you. And if you haven't already figured out the signs, Eric, if you wouldn't mind, like what, what are some of the signs? If, if people say, if you, if, if you're, if right off the bat, if you have strings that are older than two or three years old, I'm going to say, come and get a new set. If, Absolutely. If, if you're an archer out there, Eric, what is your advice to them? Like, what can they look for? Let's say they don't have a bow press or a draw board. What kind of the feel or, or physical inconsistencies to that they need a new set of strings? Sure. So, you know, a lot of people, when, when they've had a set of strings, let's just say you've got a set of strings and your bow has been pretty consistent for, for a while. So this isn't, this isn't a visual cue. This is one of those things that, like how do you, you know, how do you decide? And we get this question a lot. And this actually comes a lot from target archers too, as well as hunters. Um, Cause they'll be like, well, I've had this thing on, you know, I've, I've shot several thousand arrows out of this. Everything's settled. Everything's good. And all of a sudden my bow just started feeling weird. I'm like, well, weird how? Well, it just, it just wasn't quite right. And, and, and you know, it was shooting really, really good. And now it's, you know, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what's going on. Well, those are, some of those are cues that there, there could be some sort of, uh, internal breakdown, you know, happening with, with your strings and cables somewhere. There's something that is, that is changing, failing. Um, if a bow that has several thousand shots out of all of a sudden, you know, uh, something comes out of time. Okay. At that point, that's not, that's not settling at this point anymore. You know, this isn't a cable that's just settling a little bit after thousands and thousands of arrows. Right. There's something internally, under the serving, something that you can't see. There's something that's breaking down. Um, you know, there's, it doesn't mean that the bow's about to break. I'm not saying that, you know, quick, quick run to the shop, don't shoot it, but there's, there's something that's changing and, and your bow will, if you, if you just pay attention from that perspective, um, as a, as a target shooter, and I think you, you realize this too, but your bow will tell you when it's time to change those. I mean, you, you can run these things. I mean, people run professional archers, bow hunters, you know, at the highest level, they will run their strings absolutely ragged. Um, I think as a, as a string builder, you know, I could, you know, I could get new strings on my bow anytime I wanted to. Sometimes I run them a little bit longer than I should, but my bow will tell me, right. Um, everything will be great. Everything will be shooting great. And all of a sudden it's just, something's just off and there's everything else is, you know, short of, uh, of, of, of having some sort of a limb failure, which is very, 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 uh, super, super rare in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of everything else is a, um, you know, is a machine manufactured part, right? So the only real wear item you have in your whole system is your bowstrings, um, bowstrings and cables. So when something changes, something's off, something's, you know, whatever, 99% of the time, it's probably going to be your strings. So, and those are, um, that's not even the visual cues that we're talking about, but that's right. just like, you know, Hey, if you're just shooting along and you know, I've had these things on for a year and a half or 
two years or, you know, I'm a target archer. You know, a lot of people just, they, they kind of shoot them. They'll shoot their bows. I mean, the top archers that I know, some of them will change them out. Um, kind of preventative maintenance, so to speak, you know, Hey, listen, they look like they're getting a little bit worn. We'll go ahead and change these out or, you know, change them before outdoor season, change them before indoor season. Some of them will run them until they can't, you know, until it's like, Hey, eh, just everything was good. Now it's a little bit sloppy. It's time to change my strings. And, and people talk about, you'll see that, especially now with the, the, the days of social media and everything else, you know, people talk about a fresh set of strings and, and how the bow just shoots amazing again. Be like, Oh yeah. You know, I got my number one bow is, is back. It just, you know, threw on a fresh set of strings and it's, it's shooting amazing and stuff. It, it, there's actually some truth to that. Um, it, you, it, it's, it's, it's hard to, unless you've experienced it, it's hard to, to grasp that, 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 you know, small little difference could, can make a, such a, such a change, but, but it does. Um, as far as the visual cues go though, I mean, if, if after, you know, like I said, you got a long time in there, you know, if you're seeing some, some fuzzy spots, that's not a big deal. You know, that, that's just a, a little bit of wax, uh, like a synthetic type wax can, can handle that. But if it becomes more than that and it starts turning into, you know, some actual broken strands, then, yeah. then yeah, I mean, that's time to, it's, it's, it's time to replace those. Um, again, it doesn't mean that your hunt's over, you know, your, your once in a lifetime hunt's over cause you got a broken strand in your string things are going to be okay. You're going to be able to get through it. But when you get home, it's time to, it's time to throw some new strings on. Um, you know, the same thing goes for, you know, just some, you know, weird, weird separation or, or whatever, you know, a lot of times it, it's really, it comes down to where uh, I, I see more often that, you know, people in, in a good set of strings, they, they last, you know, they're going to last a while, but, you know, here's the thing. If you're, if you're using your equipment like I do, I mean, if you, if you bow hunt like most of us do, yeah, you try to be careful of it and stuff like that, but I'm not, I'm not babying my stuff. No. Uh, I'm just not. No. And I'm, I'm taking a brush. It's getting caught on stuff. It's getting caught on branches and you know, it's, I'm throwing it in the, the, the backseat of my truck and it's rubbing against my pack and it's doing all these things. Uh, you know, you could take some extra time and, you know, kind of baby it a little bit so that it wasn't doing that. But I'm, I just, you know, I do those things and, you know, you're going to show some wear at some point, you know, something's going to happen and then it's going to be time to change. And what we say a lot when, when guys say, Hey, I, I think I need a new set. It's getting more, it's getting easier. I should say with social media and archers in general are becoming more knowledgeable is we're going to breathe life back into your rig. doesn't matter if yeah. it's one years old or 10 years old. I mean, the days of restringing our grandpa's bows are kind of going away, but you, you know what I'm saying? We're, we breathe the life back into your bow. So it does feel like it did when you bought it. Um, or when you had, you know, like the best setup. Now, one of our good friends, Levi Morgan talks about, you know, taking a journal and, <clears throat> specking everything out and writing it down. It's very hard to duplicate a rig that's absolutely perfect, right? Like you could buy the same bow and do the same strings and the same arrow on the same site and something could be off just a little bit. But having a journal, you know, measuring where you're, some some people even take little Sharpies, you know, if it, bows are getting easier for timing marks, but they're, they're creating where the cable comes across the cam. And if that moves a little bit, it's easy to tell that your timing's off. You know, most of us can feel it, 
but where where I'm going with that is is it can it can make your bow new again um and then again the importance of having all your other equipment if you want your arrows to fly right if you want your tune to always be right having a good quality set of strings is is it basically saying it it's your answer um to most of your questions on that but eric if you wouldn't take it so let's say our guys come into the pro shop <clears throat> guys and gals come into the pro shop i need a new set of strings okay what what strings would you like you have certain levels of string quality and certain manufacturers, but they're going to decide they're going to go with gas. And in your company, if you wouldn't mind, we have a ghost XV, which I put on the pinnacle. It's the top shelf of strings. And then we have a, a very, very high quality octane string where we can get some of our color concepts on that. What are, what are the differences without, you know, going where you don't want to go? What are the differences between the two or is there any difference? Yeah, no, that's that, that's a that's an awesome question. It's one that we field uh, daily. Um, so, the one thing I will say, as far as gas goes, um, a lot of companies um, and and they just they have a different business model than than, than what our um, than what our core belief is. But a lot of business models and string companies will will provide a you know a, a different grade, different levels. They'll have a good, better, best. Um, type of scenario. You'll have one that's kind of your, um, your entry level. It's, it's, it's a downgraded, you know, uh, less materials and, you know, not all the processes and, and all those things right there. And then they'll have, you know, something that that's, that's a little bit better. And then they'll have, you know, this, 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 you know, pinnacle, you know, premium grade. Um, my belief is that if, if somebody's going to get a gas string, um, that they're going to get our, our premium process and our premium materials, um, regardless of, you know, what, what they're getting. Um, so, so we, I don't necessarily believe in the, the good, better, best model. I believe in, you know, everything being, you know, premium. Now we do have different models like you suggested. Um, but a lot of those things, it, it's not necessarily, um, you know, different, uh, different processes or, <clears throat> you know, a, a vast difference between, between them. Um, so, you know, when you look at our high octane, our high octane is basically, you know, <clears throat> I would say our most popular line across the board. And that's what's, you know, you can get that in any of the, the colors that BCY offers. So there's, you know, over, you know, 50 something color combinations. I think there's, you know, between colors and servings and everything else, I think there's diff like 1500 different color combinations you can come up with, um, to, uh, you know, to try to, you know, match or, you know, do whatever you want to do to customize and, and everything else. And then we use our, our TTS, which is, uh, our total tensioning system. We use our TTS process on, on all that. And we'll, we can, we can go into that in more detail later. Um, but that's, that's our high octane, um, pretty much unlimited color selection. The ghost XV we have, uh, we, we originally did this in white and, and what this was, is this is a slightly different material blend. I had kind of sought out to, you know, if, if I was creating the ultimate blend of materials, given the different uh, Dyneema grades and the Vectrans and everything else, and, and, and what that is is basically there's um, there's really only two uh, base materials that go into um, a bowstring material. There's there's the there's the Dyneema, and then there's a Vectran, and, and and everything that's made out of there, all the blended materials are, are, are a blend and percentage of, of those two. So I was I was trying to 
accomplish um, creating a, a basically a, a little bit better, um, you know, moving forward with, with, with some better Dyneema grades and, and everything else over what was available out there. And that's kind of what, what brought us to the, the, the Ghost XV. And um, just in doing that, um, it, it does it does allow us to do some different things, you know, a little bit different within our process and the materials work really well uh, for how we process those. Um, and we only offer that in, in just the white, which is a natural, with just a, uh, a very light white um, dye and wax coating that they, they provide to the material. And then, you know, moving forward from that, we had so many people that wanted, that wanted the ghost XV, but they didn't want white, you know, white's just not necessarily desirable for everybody. Yep. Um, so we, we started doing, uh, we wanted to figure out like, okay, so how do we, how do we make this happen? So one of the things that, that made the ghost unique was that we were able to really control the, the, the dye and the consistencies and, and everything else. You know, one of the things that we deal with and, and the folks at BCY are amazing and, and, and they do a great job at this. But one of the things that you deal with when with synthetic materials is when you start dealing with dyes and colors and everything else, there can be some some little inconsistencies and variances in those. So we wanted to try to, to, to create something that was as consistent as we could get. So one of the things that, you know, looking at what they do, that they, they rent tan is, is a color that runs really, really consistent um, from, from batch to batch and and, and, and everything that you see. And, and also Kiwi in the green um, is also very consistent. So um, we worked with, uh, with BTY in a way that they could process those two colors for us and do these in large batches. So, you know, we're not, we're not getting, um, you know, our Ghost XB, we're getting these in, in you know, uh, pounds and pounds and pounds of, of this stuff at, at, at a time. So everything's all ran at the same time, you know, very, very large batches. And, we're able to, you know, also put that same consistency um, into that, that camo color that we have, um, you know, that we were doing, you know, very, very close to what we were doing with the white. So we have those both. And uh, the, that has kind of turned into our, our pinnacle um, high end, you know, string, um, so to speak on the, uh, you know, with the ghost XB and the ghost camo. And then this year we also did the, we did something kind of cool for, um, originally this was supposed to be for really geared towards target archers and, and a lot of, um, um, a lot of bow hunters have also, uh, jumped on this, but we, we partnered with, uh, Jesse Broadwater, who has been, um, a long standing, um, icon in the, uh, in the professional archery world. Um, you know, very, very impressive resume. If, if you're not familiar with him, um, I know you are, but I'm just saying you're, <laughs> yeah, you're he's, yeah, he, um, he's like uh, he's the dude. He's the I, for for bow hunters that are listening. He's like a Lee Lakoski. He's a um, I mean Michael Waddell. He he has a name, but he's got a proven name. And one thing about Jesse is he doesn't settle. I mean, as you know, it has to be perfect. He's he's one of our shooters for the three sixty five trio targets. Um, okay, he, he pushes that. So like. He, you know, he kind of helped out a little bit on <clears throat> what he needed to see for a target. And I'm assuming that he, he kind of gave you the ball, but he helped you out a little bit on what he wanted for a set of strings. He was very involved. Yeah, no. And in fact, so we, so, so it brings us to our, our other, our other, um, 
uh, offering is is we actually did a, a freak show string this year. And freak show um, is uh, that's Jesse Broadwater's nickname. So um, um, and that's what we did. So we actually had freak show strings. And he was very hands-on in, in the entire process. In fact, I had originally reached out to him. Um, I reached out to a few people. Um, the majority of, of the guys and gals that, that shoot our stuff, a lot of them reach out to us. Um, you know, we have uh, a lot of uh, a lot of the top archers in the world um, that, that shoot our strings, and, and the majority of them, you know, do happen to you know they, they usually approach us. Um, Jesse was one of the few that I approached um, when I knew he would had changed and, and was no longer with Matthews, and he was going to be shooting for Hoyt. Um, I also knew that that opened him up for. Um, the, the possibility of, of, you know, working with a, with a string manufacturer and, and Jesse kind of, you know, him and I have known each other for, for a lot of years and, and he didn't, he didn't really brush me off, but he said, Hey, I, you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I really, I was actually thinking about maybe doing my own thing. And, um, that, that actually kind of opened, uh, kind of like, wow. Okay. You know, what, what, yeah. what do you think? Then we, uh, we talked some and, and, you know, before, we were done. I think we had, uh, we talked shop and we talked about bowstrings and, and, and all kinds of other stuff. And, and, uh, you know, the, the, the end result was, uh, was a culmination and a partnership where, you know, we decided that, uh, what we could do is we could manufacture, um, a string, you know, using a lot of the, you know, the, obviously the resources we have and some of the things that we are already, you know, doing, but we could take, some of the things that Jesse wanted to see in a string specifically and some of the things that he had been doing building strings for years because he has a very extensive string making background as well. And we could kind of combine those things. And, you know, the, the, the result of it was the, was the freak show strings. Um, something that, you know, uh, very, very hard to build a, a string at least consistently, you know, over and over, you know, on a, you know, for somebody, you know, in their basement or garage or, or, or whatever, you know, on a jig and everything else as to, you know, some of the equipment that we have that's specialized for doing it, you know, at, uh, um, you know, at production levels and being able to take all the things that we have. And, and like I said, the partnership with Jesse, you know, brought us to where we are with the, you know, with the new set of freak show strings, just a little bit about those is they're, you know, they're, they're all natural, super, um, ultra low wax, um, we are able to do a couple other things that we, you know, additional things in the process, you know, as, you know, as we worked with Jesse and, and wanted to, to, to make sure that we were accomplishing what he was looking to get. But um, it's basically takes any of our other strings or anybody's strings and it's kind of like throwing them on steroids. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. pretty crazy, um, you know, as far as, you know, what that does. Um, there's no color options. Everything's, you know, all natural um, white on the servings and, you know, clear. Um, but it's been, uh, yeah, it's been a great product line for us, you know, this year, especially like I said, in the target world, it's been, it's been phenomenal. And, and, and we've seen some trickle down, you know, over to the, um, you know, the hunting side, you know, people are, you know, um, trying those and, and using those as well. Yeah. We got a, we got a couple customers that do their research and, and they're also the same customers that like the newest, the greatest, the best, and they follow, you know, their target archers slash bow hunters or first and and uh we got a a couple sets that we put on and you know just floored it like like all all of the gas sets are are really really good as a bow technician there might be a half twist here half twist there but 
those strings, we have not seen those customers back. And I know that they've shot, well, probably four months now, three, three, four months with those set of strings on when they got their bow. And it, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very common to see a guy come back for a tweak here and there, but when you don't see him, you know, then there's obviously it speaks the truth. But in your process, okay, so <clears throat> take us through this. We got our, our different, all the same process goes for all the strength. It's very high quality. Quality control is a very big word that you guys use at gas. <clears throat> I call the ladies up at the front desk. They do, they take the order. When that order form goes through and your, your string manufacturers in the back, like what, without getting three hours into this, how do you make a set of strings, Eric? Yep. So just like you said, you call, you call customer service. Um, you know, you talk to somebody here and, 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 you know, <laughs> out of 10 you're providing, you know, it's a pretty straightforward thing. You know, I've got a, you know, a Hoyt charger with a number three cam. I've got a, uh, a Matthews, you know, BXR 315, you know, I've, I've got a Bowtech, you know, Revolt X, you know, all, all really straightforward. Um, we have these, these bows that, that might not be that we have to do some, some additional research and, and we have to work, you know, collaboratively. And, and we have a, we have a team that does that as well. Um, you know, highly trained, super, super technical, but let's just say, you know, you, you place an order, regular set, it's going to go, um, it's going to go into our, into our order queue. It gets entered into our system. And then we have, we have some people that what they do, they are like super experts. Um, they've, they've been string makers. They've been bow technicians. Um, they understand fibers. They understand all the processes that we do. They understand servings. Um, they understand the different bows from all the manufacturers. They're the ones that actually input these specs. So what we have to do this at the level that we have, we can't just, throw this in a notebook and say, okay, well, you know, here's a, let's, let's use a couple year old bow here. Let's, let's just use a, a Matthews VXR 31.5. So, you know, order comes in for that. You know, we have all this in, a, in, in, in an automated system. So, um, I, years ago I worked with a, uh, a software developer and, um, we put together a system in which, we have all these, these specs and, and it just, it runs on an access database, um, in the background that we can update. But basically what we do is, um, we know the, all the lengths and, and all the different, uh, um, there's, there's percentages and, and, and twist rates and percentages of elongation and all these things that are put in there as well as, you know, serving locations, loop sizes, materials, you know, all the different things that have to go into each different set of strings. And, and we have the ability to input that. So, so a new bow model comes out, we input all those things and we don't just, you know, take somebody else's specs for granted, you know, typically we'll get these bows in. So, um, especially in the case of the Matthews and, and, and some of these other ones, we'll actually have physical samples that we'll have, we'll take strings off, we'll measure them on, on our precision measuring devices um, rather than just taking somebody else's specs for, you know, for face value. And, and what this does is this, this provides us this sheet. So every string gets a build form and, and the build form is very, very important. It's important that we start here because this is where the accountability starts for, for our entire process. It's just pretty cool. If you can't tell, I kind of geek out on this. It's all good, we've, put a lot, we've, we've put a lot of work into this. So, um, so the build form is created. 
then the the orders are are, are stacked there. So the the string builder will will come by and they they take the orders, you know, in in order that you know from the tray that they grab them at. And on this build form is going to have all the vital information. You know, it has the customer, um, it has the sales order number, but it has all the information on the bow. It has the colors, the serving colors, everything. So they're going to take that. They're going to grab their materials that's defined out in the in the in the order, and then they're going to build the string. Um, the build form tells them exactly where to set their jig. It tells them what the loop sizes are, which is important for the layup person. It's going to give them all the vital information. So they're going to do what's what's called the layup process. Now, in our layup process, this is where the the, the TTS, the total tension systeming, total tensioning system starts. Um, we we are very um, particular in the way that we do our layup. Um, there's a lot more science involved in how we do that than a lot of other people. And this is where you, you really the holy grail of, of string making all comes down to strand stability and strand equalization. So the way that we build these, we take out a lot of the human factor. So we have basically a tie-off system where you start the, the strands and you tie it off and then you, you wrap the, the amount that you're supposed to do and then you tie it off again. Everything from there is, is, is dealt with on, uh, you know, air pressure and air cylinders and, and everything else. So we hit, we hit a switch and, and it does, you know, we, that, that starts our pre-tensioning right there. So we're actually doing some, some pretty substantial pre-stretch just on the tie-off process before we ever uh, put any servings on the string or anything that we do. And that's a creating, uh, you know, the strand tension being completely equal at that point. And that is super important. And I'll explain that a little bit later, but from there, you know, it gets its end servings and then we, uh, and then it, it kind of, it hangs with the, with the build form. So this will go to a pegboard or this will go to what we call the finisher. And, um, this person who laid it up that did the first process, they initial the paper. So if there's any questions or there's any issues or something has to be redone or whatever it is, we know we have accountability. We know who built the string from there. It's going to go to the, the finisher and the finisher is going to do all the other, um, tensioning, um, the pre-stretch, all of those things. Um, we, we put a lot of tension on, on strings before they're ever, uh, before they ever see that, uh, that end serving. Um, we do that before they're ever twisted. We twist under a substantial amount of tension. Um, we have uh, specialized equipment machines where these things will, um, basically with, uh, with bleed off valves that they'll, they'll spike in tension and, and do some things. And it's, um, there, there, there's really a recipe that goes along with, with getting, the elongation and, and trying to, you know, correctly tension strings, you know, you'll hear a lot of people and it's, it, this is kind of old school mentality. You'll, you'll hear a lot of people, they'll say, well, we, we pre-stretch our strings at 350 pounds for four hours. That's, that's just, that's not how we do it. Um, what we do is, is really completely different than that. It, it has to do with, uh, you know, our, our tensioning, um, while we twist and the spikes, uh, that, that things go on there. And you hear some people talk about, you know, cycling and this and that, this is, it's, it's part, it's part of a total process where we basically, um, like I said, I mean, we basically are twisting, 
Um, it sees, it sees a high tension, you know, we're twisting and then there's spikes in the tension and spikes again and some bleed off valves. So there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. We spent a lot of time trying to perfect that with load cell scales and, and, and figuring out, you know, where we can go and, um, the tensile strengths of the fibers themselves and, and, and where you can, you know, what's the, what's the peak that you can bring the, the fibers to tension wise without fracturing and, and damaging the fibers. And there's, like I said, there's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of time and research and stuff that's been, been put into that, you know, for, for a long time to get us where, you know, we can basically uh, simulate the, uh, the essential uh, shooting of the string, um, you know, basically shooting a set of strings in without damaging the, the fibers or taking life out of the strings. Um, so that, uh, that basically is, is where that goes. And then, you know, from a final, um, we have, uh, we have four people, um, currently that do nothing but QC. So, um, our quality control, we have a complete department that does that. So now this string is basically done, um, minus, you know, the speed knocks, but then this goes to the, uh, QC and, we basically set things up from a no, a go, no go scenario. So if the string is supposed to be 60 and five eighths, they'll actually set their QC jig at 60 and five eighths. Exactly. They put the string on there, they flip the pressure up and we do everything at basically the ATA standard, which, which means, um, we measure everything under a hundred pounds. That's just what we measure. We measure everything quarter inch pegs, a hundred pounds, which is the same way that all the bow manufacturers, it's pretty much universal across the industry. And if that thing comes in and it's, and it's dead on, you know, we're, we're good. If it's not, you know, we can add a twist or two or, you know, take out a twist or two, but that's pretty much it. You know, there's no, uh, um, if, if, if it doesn't, you know, meet the standard, um, it's rejected. But when it comes off that jig, it is 100% to the 32nd. Um, is, you know, 100% 60 and five eighths. So it comes off that jigs paper clip and we know that it, that it, that it sits there and it, and it meets that length. And we do the same thing, you know, on all the cables and, and everything else. So, um, it's, it's very easy. Uh, it'd be very easy for us to skip that step. Um, we know a lot of our competitors, um, you know, basically go from the finishing and, you know, a lot of people will, you know, essentially just paperclip them as soon as they're done building them. Um, but it's very important for us at the, at the level of strings that we're, we're building and the number of strings and the quantity and everything else. Um, it's important for us to have that extra, you know, that extra level of, of QC to make sure that, that everything is, is everything, everything's done correctly. Now the cool part is, is that one of the things that I think a lot of people don't, don't realize, or, or that they, you know, a lot of people will say that, you know, well, it's just, uh, they're just mass produced and, you know, you can just, you know, people have bad days and this and that. Honestly, our culture doesn't allow for that. Our culture, I'm not saying somebody can't come in and have a bad day, but the steps and, and everything that we have in there, our culture is 100% of total accountability. So this build form that we talked about in the beginning that goes along with the string through its entire life goes through the sales order. So now this, this string set goes to shipping. The, the string goes in the package. It goes and ships to the customer. 
and then this build form is stapled to the original order and it's stapled to the invoice that gets filed. So now six months from now, if said string, you know, somebody calls in and there was a problem with, with said string, we can go back and we look at the order. We look at the order, we look at the sales order, we look at the build form. On the build form, we know who did the layup, we know who did the finishing, we know who did the QC. Everybody signed their initials. Nobody hides. Yep. And, and and it's total accountability. Mm-hmm. And that's what it takes to, to have, I mean, in my opinion, that's what it takes to have a, a great company and you have you have company buy-in. I mean, we have, we have great folks, um, great, you know, hardworking folks, some unbelievable strength. But at the same time, everybody knows that everything they build, that they're, they're, they're responsible for their work and they're accountable for the work that they do. And, and that's, um, it's just, that's super important at the, at the level that we're, that we're building. And that's, that's huge. I mean, there's, there's not very many companies across the board and not just archery, but across that will say one, you can track it, but two, like, yeah, we put our name on it for good reason. Um, even down to the string manufacturer, the quality control expert. Two things that you said in that that build. One, they're paper clipped. There, there's something to that. So when we get a set of gas strings out of our UPS envelope and we go through our process and we, we get the bow and we're putting them on, and it's, it's a process just as important as the string manufacturer, your bow technician has to know what they're doing. So we take a cable off take the paper clip and then we don't add or take twist out of that. We put it on the string, very diligent. We got YouTube videos out that, you know, showing process that I've put on many gas strings on video and that it's already done for you. Now, you know, things can happen over time where you add, like you say, a half twist or here and there, but that's, that's very minute. Another thing that you said in that is speed knocks. So we'll get to the custom process in just a little bit about choosing your colors and, and dolling up your bow however you want. But the speed knocks, somebody a lot smarter than me has sat with a chrono <clears throat> and a shooting machine and an engineer and based the spacing on how many speed knocks or speed bombs, where the placement of that is. Gas, they already come installed and they have the nice shrink tube, which you guys have just opened up a customizable uh logo i guess you can put on that uh for certain companies or your name or whatever i don't know how deep you guys get into that but the speed knocks or why are they important um you can answer this or i can answer this but you know you guys there's a spec sheet that you have to go to and you're not adding more you're not taking off more that your bow will shoot its best the most efficient the fastest with those speed knocks installed yeah absolutely and in fact for some bows now um, it, it, it's actually critical that you have those speed knocks. Um, you know, there was a time and, and, and you've been doing this long enough too, that, you know, you can, you can go back to where, you know, they started throwing speed knocks on and it was, it was optional. It was one of those things like, Hey, look, we can, we can increase the speed by, you know, taking the original system that didn't have anything on there and we can add some, some weight, add some brass weight here or, you know, some eliminator buttons or, or whatever, and, and we can add a few feet. Um, that's where it started. It, where it stands today, though, is these cams are actually designed around the amount of weight that's on there. I mean, and there's, in some cases, there's, you know, 10, 12, 15 knocks, 
you know, at the, uh, you know, at the end of a, of a string. Um, and it's not, it's not insignificant anymore. I mean, there, there might be a hundred grains worth, you know, everybody knows what a, you know, a hundred grain field point weighs. Yep. I mean, spread over the string, there, there could be a hundred grains in, in, in brass speed knocks, you know, on one end of the string, um, strategically placed. And, and so the engineers now are designing the cams around this so that the, the fact that if you were to shoot a string, you know, there, there's a lot of Matthews, for example, if you were to shoot the string without the speed knocks, um, it, it just, it, the, the bow would not even react correctly. Um, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be meeting its efficiency. You know, you'd, you'd certainly lose speed, you know, probably some accuracy. Um, they're actually designed around that. So it's, it's super important to have those, you know, uh, precisely located. Now, I mean, you, you might hold it up to your factory string. I mean, even the factory strings that I see, you know, coming in there, there might be a, um, a, a small variation, you know, something's uh, shifted by a 16th over where, where it is. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the factory stuff. But when we, when we get to exact specs, you know, that's something that's a, it's part of our QC and our measurement process. You know, we have um, four speed knocks at 16 and 16, you know, three speed knocks at 17 and, you know, 15, 16, you know, so to speak. So there's, there's an exact spec of, of, you know, where the stack starts and, and goes on. So one of the things that we've done with our speed knocks, um, originally, uh, and you, a couple manufacturers have done some other things, have done some different sleeves or whatever, but, um, rather than us using the individual, um, Saunders brass, you know, black or red knock set, we actually, um, worked with a, uh, we, we have a, we have a, a company that manufactures these for us. They're actually stacks. And what these stacks are is they, they re- resemble the exact weight, um, for each, for each cell, it's seven and a half grains. So, you know, a two stack would be 15 grains, um, of weight. And then we have these machine for us on precision, um, Swiss turn machines. And, and what this does is this, this allows us to put these in a single unit. So we have a stack of five, for example, which would represent the same thing as five individual Saunders brass knocks, but, but they're nice and tight together. You don't have the squishy, you know, red (laughs) (laughs) between each one and everything else. It just makes a nice stack and it's, uh, um, you know, we have, uh, it's got a a ball end mill goes on the very, very bottom of it. It's, It's just a, it's a really, really nice, nice piece. So it's something um, that we provide and, and, and put on all our strings. And, and we actually sell these to other strings as well I got um, you. That, that do buy these from us. And, you know, so that, that's fine. But that's, uh, um, I think that that, that helps. And it just takes, it, it takes that and it kind of takes it to the next level. Um, so, so that's good. But yeah, I mean, speed knocks is, it's pretty much on, on every, just about every bow out there now. Um, you know, has them on there, but they're definitely an important piece of the, the puzzle. I love it. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot as we got just a few more topics to talk about. This is something that you actually posted uh, earlier this year or later last year. <clears throat> the big thing now is certain individuals out there are do or die on what we call string twist. Your arrow leaving the bow, clocking <laughs> left or clocking right. Um, <clears throat> a lot of us know it already and yes there is some i guess slow motion videos or high speed cameras that show your arrow stopping so what i'm getting at for those of you that don't understand 
is you can come in and buy a custom set of strings and they're twisted a certain direction clockwise or counterclockwise and the serving and at any time stop me and correct me if i'm wrong is twisted opposite or the same so your arrow will come off of your bow either clocking left or clocking right sometimes when you buy factory fletched arrows they're going to be right or they're going to be an offset right or they're going to be very few of them are left but i'm here to tell you and i believe you and i drinking the same cup of coffee is it's been proven for your your average bow hunter and even your target archer to some specs does it really matter short answer is no um it 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 really doesn't Uh, i mean so the majority i'm gonna say 99 percent of the time um 95 to 99 percent of the time a a typical right twist or clockwise twist string which is what the majority of the manufacturers make um the majority of the string manufacturers um both aftermarket and oem that come factory on your bows the majority of them do twist right or clockwise um there are a few notable manufacturers that do twist the other way um but the majority of, of the industry has, has adopted um, a right or clockwise twist for, for a very, very good reason. Um, and that has to do with the way that the fiber itself is actually made. And, and there's, there's some, there's some technical reasons around that, but so understanding that the majority of your strings are built that way in most scenarios, in most arrows. Now I, I have seen some anomalies to this, and I don't know why, but in most scenarios, most spines, you know, kind of across the board that will generally create a left natural rotation of the arrow out of the bow. And where this creates this, this theoretical problem that, that people have kind of, you know, created in, in their head is they want to match the, um, the rotation. They don't want the arrow to go one way and then have the fletching correct it and go another. So, and, and you have, you, you've been able to see some, some high speed videos where you'd see an arrow kind of stop and then, and then start going the other direction and everything else. The, the one thing that's important about this is that it, it does not, even though that creates this rotation, it's not creating the same kind of spin like your fletchings are on the arrow. It's not like it's, yeah, it, it, it clocks, but if you look at, if you were to shoot a bear shaft, at, you know, point blank range or, you know, a couple yards off or whatever, 10 feet from the target, whatever you're talking about. And you shoot the bear shaft and you look at how that thing is clocked. It's barely moved. Right. Right. I mean, just ever so slightly. So it's not like it's coming out of the bow. It's not like the, the string itself is not imparting this, this rotational spin on the arrow. It, it's, it's putting a slight natural rotation as, as it comes off. So that's where, that's where I think people get really caught up and they're like, well, if it's, if it's naturally coming out left, I've got to, I've got to fletch with a left helical or, you know, now my right helical doesn't work or, you know, I want to shoot a single bevel broadhead and and, and I, and I need to, I need to twist right to be able to use that, you know? And so there's, there's all these things that it opens this giant can of worms. And the, the, the fact is, is that I don't, truly believe and I don't think that we can find any proof that would say that you're inherently giving up any accuracy 
by shooting right helical when you're, 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 you have a natural left rotation out of the bow. I don't think you have this knuckleball effect like what, than what you're seeing. I think the, the vein itself is going to take over and put, do a lot more um, imparting of, of, of a spin of the arrow than what the, the natural rotation that the, the string is going to provide it. So it's, um, you know, n- n- not, not to mention, you know, let's, let's go back in history and, and we look at even like target archers and stuff like that, you know, all the, the, the records and the, the, the things that have been done and broken, you know, over the years with people shooting, you know, right helical fletching or right offset fletching along with a clockwise twisted string. There's just, there's, there's too much evidence to prove that, um, that there's really not, you know, a lot of valid, um, argument to that. Um, I'll give you a couple of my own personal, um, things that I found interesting is, you know, before I had, had made mention of that, when I did a post about this, you know, like I said, it was uh, last year or whatever it was, I have a very, you know, pretty in-depth, uh, contact list of, um, pro archer friends and, you know, people that shoot our strings or just, you know, friends of mine, you know, throughout the years. And, and I, I actually asked a bunch of them I'm like, okay, knowing, knowing already what strings that they were using, I just asked them left or right. And some of them were, you know, a lot of them said, right. Some of them said left. Some of them said both. And, and the thing of it is, is that we've had a lot of shooters, that have come to gas where I know that we twist our strings right or clockwise twist and we're previously shooting a different manufacturer strings that were going the opposite direction as far as the twists go. And I asked them if they ever changed their, their fletching direction. Did you change your fletching direction when you switched to gas? No. So, knowing that the, the natural clocking rotation of their arrow changed, but they, because of the string that they are change, changing to, but they did not change their fletching. I think that that's a, that's a telling tale. You know, they kept the same direction of, of fletching. It's because, you know, for a lot of people, it's just what they normally do. You know, if you've always fletched right and you just need to know what the, that look looks like and, and everything else, you know, that makes sense. Um, I think a lot of target archers and, and people that shoot indoors or they're trying to, you know, that naturally a lot of people will flex left just for, for vein clearance with the cables and, and things when you're doing a lot of, uh, um, you know, like a hard helical or a big vein or something to try to steer the arrow. So I, I guess, you know, again, we could, we could go on and on about this, but I mean, the, the, the greatest thing that I would say with this is that it just, you know, from an accuracy standpoint in the end, it just, it doesn't seem to matter. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm here to tell you, <clears throat> we put it to the test because we have guys that'll come in and, you know, let's say they didn't want to buy a dozen bear shafts where we can custom fletch them. They wanted us to refletch a perfectly great set of arrows. And I said, you know what, I'm going to test this. So I'm not, I am not one of the top 20 archers in the world. Um, I do have my pro card, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm here to tell you though, that I can consistently shoot six arrows in a group and then start over in six arrows in a group. I did it at 20 yards and I did it at 40 yards with broadheads and I had a two and seven eighths inch group and a three inch group. And and that's as good as I can shoot a hinge with, with no hiccups and just following through and everything working right versus left. So that, you know, that just tells me it, 
It doesn't matter. If you have glue-in points, if you have a drop-away rest, if you got cable clearance, there are some ways that you can get around that, but it, you don't have to redo everything. Um, or you can, you know, whatever you're accustomed to. But I just want I just wanted you to say the words that you said because, you know, it comes from the words of the dragon, the you know, the the guys that are making the strings and two more two more processes that I want to ask you. Okay? Yep. We are uh Pro shops around the world, I should say around the United States of America, why is it so important to get in the pro shop now? If you're, if you're even thinking of custom strings, getting, a new, getting your bow restrung, why is it so important now and not September 1st? Yeah, so things start. This is almost now is, now is great. Um, two weeks ago would have been even better. Yep. Uh, you know, we're, as we, we near into, um, the months of July, August and September. Um, and this is, this is pretty much universal. Yeah. Pretty much all archery shops except for, you know, West coast, which their, their season kicks off a little bit sooner. Mm -hmm. Um, they when some, you know, there, there, things are happening in July and August and, and everything else, but, um, it's just, it's so crazy busy. Um, we get backed up. Every archery manufacturer is going to get backed up. Every pro shop is going to get backed up. Um, I can't even imagine how many bows, if, if, if I walked into your shop in the middle of August, I can't imagine how many bows that you're going to have hanging in your back room or your back wall. I mean, I'm not been laid out, but. I, I'm going to be given time. There's probably 50 plus, um, that, that, that are, that are sitting there, you know, and then that's going to be true for, for a lot of shops. I mean, I know some shops may be, I mean, they may be, they may be a hundred bows in, um, as far as, you know, bows that are sitting there, you know, needing bow work and everything else. So things really, really, really get backed up. And, and I think, you know, not, not to get on any sort of a, um, a political thing or, or whatever, but I mean, you know, what we've seen the last, you know, this, it used to be like this years ago. I mean, and it was always like this, but supply chain is tough and, and, and there's a lot of different hiccups that, that happen. You know, deliveries are, are not as consistent and reliable as they once were. Um, everybody's having problems getting, you know, materials and, and, and this and that. I would not, I would just wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait until it was crunch time. And, and you had a hunt coming up in the next week or, and be like, Oh, now's a good time to do that. It's just, it, it's a bad time to do it. And, and you want to have time to be prepared. Um, you know, if, if you're somebody that, uh, that, that takes this, this sport and, and, and takes bow hunting, you know, seriously, you know, you want to be able to put some, some arrows through your new setup. Uh, and, and that's, uh, you know, that's super important. So, you know, I'm sure, and, and we do it every year, and I'm sure you have your customers every year that has this, that, you know, everybody's got this, this hunt of a lifetime that they're, they're traveling on and something happened and, you know, uh, some kind of freak thing and, you know, that they come to you guys and you guys come to us and we're overnight and stuff and, and, and we're saving the day. You guys are saving the day and everybody's, you know, everybody's good, but let's, let's let those scenarios be the anomalies, you know, everybody else when you can do it and you can make it happen, you know, given plenty of time in advance is, is really the, that's really the answer. Um, and, and I think, uh, I think more and more people are learning that they're learning the, the, the cycle and, 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 and have an understand, but I think, uh, you know, kudos to you guys for, 
you know, at least bringing that to that attention of your customers and saying, Hey guys, let's, let's make this happen sooner than later. We're going to get slammed. We're going to get backed up. We want to be able to serve you. So, and, and our customers are listening. Um, I know I speak for a lot of pro shops, but archery customer customers are really listening. Uh, I can go in the back room where our waiting rack is and the bows aren't here, but the strings are because they have, they've listened to the podcast or they've listened to the YouTube and they, they kind of understand what's going on and they'll come in, uh, you know, before turkey hunting and they'll say, Hey, give me a set of strings for this year's fall season. And they're ordered and they're here, they're waiting. And when they get an, you know, a chance to get off the boat or, or whenever the summer vacation, bring the bow in and, and we'll get it done. The cool thing about our tree country, um, we do stock gas strings for particular models. So it can be a one to three day turnaround uh, if we have them in stock and we do carry quite a few colors. We also, our orders right now, we're, you know, we're averaging about two and a half weeks with gas. Um, other, we do have, you know, mixture of different things. We do, we, what I'm saying is we have stock strings so things can be cut down quite a bit. But that brings us right into kind of our last little check mark here is earlier we talked about the custom process. This day in the archery world, customizing your bow, matching your fletching. Uh, some people, you know, like pink or like green or like flow. You have like 1,500 is what you said, different combinations. You The days of kind of a buy twist are going away. A lot of people are going with a solid color string with different color servings. And for those of you that don't really understand what we're at, we're talking about, there's a string and there's a cable, cables, plural, and then there's serving, center serving on some models. Uh, the yokes have some serving. There's end serving on the string. With gas is you have the ability to pretty much, if you can think of the color combination, they can build it. So yeah. Get a little bit into your custom deal before we close out. Yeah, no, for sure. So, you know, definitely with, with all the different, um, I think there's, there's 50 something, it, it's hard. They're, they're adding new colors all the time, but I want to say there's, there's 54, 55 different, different color options that, that I think that are made now. Um, you have everything from solid colors to these speckled, you know, like a variegated type of type of color. And you can, you can blend all those together. Um, uh, you guys in your stores probably have these color cards that, that actually show a, a small sample of each of each color. And you can kind of sit there and imagine what, what they'd look like together, um, you know, and doing that. And then on top of that, you can, you can add your, um, you know, any color end serving. Now, the one thing I will say, and, and this is where we, um, a lot of people are met with disappointment. Um, honestly, um, you know, when stuff happens and they will, let's say they, somebody gets in, they want flow green. They, let's say they want black and, uh, sorry, wait, I got somebody else was calling in there. They'll go away in a second. No problem. Uh, somebody wants, uh, let's say they want black and, and blue, you know, they want black and blue and they want flow green serving. Unfortunately, the flow green is very, uh, translucent. Um, and, and that, what that means is it's, it, you, you see a lot of the base color of the black and the blue. It's not going to look like you would think it's not going to be this real cool flow green color that, that, that's, 
that's that's there. So, you know, you have to keep that in mind when you're selecting colors. Um, you know, light colors uh, are better for for brighter end servings. Um, you know, light base colors in the string. So there, there's a lot of things that that you know you're just dealing with the way that the fibers act and and the translucent nature of them and stuff like that. But um, you know, pretty much anything that your your mind can create. Um, it, it goes, you know, it's, it's doable. So it's a, it's, it's pretty cool, pretty cool process. And that's, you know, that brings up a good situation where you can put, put the weight on the, the pro shop shoulders and, you know, cause we've seen hundreds of thousands of sets of strings, every color combination that you can think of. Some of them, like you get them and you go, Oh my gosh. Uh, for example, PSE levitate, they have a, it's, it's a tan. I don't know what color they call it, but it's a tan. And a gentleman ordered a, a set of Ghost XV white with the matching serving. And the black accents and the bow and the tan and, and the white lettering and then the white strings, like, it popped. Like, we, we've even took and put it on our display rack. Like, people just go, wow. And then, and then yeah. the misconception, people say, well, I, I don't want white strings. Well, okay, explain to me why. Well, they get dirty and nasty. Well, don't go change your tire and get a bunch of grease on your hands and then go, you know, put string wax on your bow. Like, yes, they're going to collect a little bit, but it's not a, it's not a painted string is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, people would think, and, and you talk about color combinations. Here's, here's one that looks, looks absolutely amazing. Like every time I see it, I'm like, wow, this looks good. And the same thing that you're talking about the white. So take, uh, uh, sick, um, EV2 camo, yep. put a, put a, string on there, buckskin end serving, and then like gray, uh, speed knocks. And that thing just looks absolutely, I mean, it, it's incredible. You're like, look at it and it's like, Oh my gosh. Like, like, and I'm not one for, for my hunting bows. Like I could really care less what it looks like. I've never been one to like <laughs> up and stuff, even on my target stuff. But I, I set one of those up and I looked at that and I'm like, wow. That is a sexy beast right there. I, I love it. Somebody put out a meme that are like you spend, you know, $1,400 on a hunting bow that's camo or, or, or a green or a black, you know, and then you put a clown face next to it with the colored strings. The, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you can bring out, you know, like your, your ghost XV, the camo with a Kiwi serving, put that on a sub Alpine and it pops, you know, it's just like it ties everything together. Yeah. <clears throat> But Eric, I got to tell you, man, I appreciate this. I appreciate your time. I know you're a very, very busy man, and uh, you guys are doing some good things down there in Kentucky. Uh, awesome, awesome company, and you can stop in any of our pro shops, and you can also stop on archerycountry.com. You can visit with our pro staff, and you guys are pretty open book. Um, not that we encourage customers to call you, but you know, you, the ladies up front or yourself, I've, I've called many times, and you answer like everybody works together and you can answer some different questions or, or why or when. And, and the guys here at the pro shop, we, we have the knowledge to kind of steer you in the right direction. But if you are looking to get a string upgrade or you think it's time, if you think it's time, it's time. There's no questions onto it, but we can, we can help you out the fuzziness. We can get that. We can breathe the life back in your bow. But Eric, I surely appreciate uh, everything you guys are doing and I appreciate your time, dude. Yeah, no, thanks. And, and I'll, I'll say one more thing is you, you, you mentioned something and I want to, I guess, um, want to touch on something really, really quick is you mentioned that you, anybody can certainly give us a holler. 
Um, we, we're, we're happy to talk shop, talk about our process, talk about, you know, what string would be right for you and everything else. But the, the one true thing that makes, you know, our strings great and, and, and for somebody to achieve the absolute best user experience out of, out of any archery product, but especially a great set of bowstrings is, is a good pro shop to install them, to, to, to put them on, to, you know, tune the bow, time the bow, everything else. You know, we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be successful without, um, our archery partners. Right. And, and those are, those are the pro shops. Um, you know, we do sell direct and we have that. Um, but the, the, the bread and butter of our business, the, the, the backbone of our business is working with our archery dealers. And, uh, you know, you guys have a, have a great thing going on up there. Um, the, the team archery country invests a lot in, you know, the technical aspect of making sure that the bows are set up right and everything else. And that, that means the, the, the world for us. Um, you know, without going into detail, I, I've seen what it means on the other side for us to work with a, uh, a store that, that doesn't necessarily have a good technical background and, and everything else. And, and that's, it's just, it's so important. So, um, you guys got, you guys got some awesome stuff going on. And, and I know that, you know, our product is only as good as the, as the folks installing them. So, um, for that, you know, we appreciate the partnership and I wanted to, I wanted to definitely give you guys a special thank you and, and, uh, you know tell you how much we appreciate what you guys got going on absolutely man uh goes both ways and, and i appreciate the shout out for more information you guys can log on to archerycountry.com you can talk to our pro staff uh via chat or stop in any three locations way park brainerd or right here in rogers on behalf of everybody at archery country thank you for listening to archery country podcast <laughs>